Hello and welcome to Shades of Blue episode 8. And in this episode, we are interviewing Katie Snooks, who is an award-nominated vlogger, cut her teeth on beauty blogging back before it was even a thing, and is now a go-to for sex, dating, and relationships. She is a London girl. We actually live very close by, which is how we met. Uh, She's also an aerial dancer, a true crime aficionado, and I think very importantly, broke a well-known brand's record for dildo sales, as we will discuss in the episode. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's go. Good name, Snooks. It is a really good name, Snooks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So lovely Kate. (laughs) Tell us about where you've come from and what you're doing now. So I have an online kind of presence I'd say I have a YouTube channel and a blog and an Instagram and I started all of that nine no ten years ago now okay um I was in my second year of uni I did a photography degree in London and um I was at the time working in retail in a makeup shop and I was obsessed with makeup and all my money would go on beauty products and I wouldn't buy a product unless I'd read a million reviews about it first. And that got me thinking, like, oh, I could be doing this. And back then it wasn't a thing at all. Like, yeah, sure. Inst- really yeah, days. Instagram, I don't even think it was, it was around, but it was, like, very minimalistic. And there was, like, five filters. and Yeah, I think, like, it really, other than being used as a kind of tool by photographers for portfolio, I think yeah. it didn't really kick off until maybe, like, 2000 and. 12 or 2013 yeah um so it was really like blogging wasn't really a job and it was literally a hobby for me to after uni just go and photograph products and write about them and I did that for a couple of years like all of my spare time went doing that and I was doing a photography degree as well so it was kind of helpful um kind of nice practice for that as well um and yeah then a couple of years later I started getting invited to events and meeting with brands and PRs and then kind of stumbled into this world of uh full-time creating like content creating online and I started a YouTube channel so I've had that for about seven eight years and I've been full-time for five years now so yeah it's going really well it's awesome yeah I feel really lucky to be able to do a job that I love and um like gets me so many incredible opportunities so yeah I love it. Yeah, that's very cool. So yeah, right, right at the start of kind of beauty YouTube. Yeah, off as well. It's so weird. I was thinking the other day about my first paid job as a blogger, and it was like I think it was like Tresemme, and it was forty pounds, and I was like, oh my god, I'm rolling in the dough. Yeah, it was so exciting. Um, yeah, I think it was like a tweet or something as well. So yeah, it's just changed so much. Like yeah. being able to like have seen it grow from the beginning has been really exciting and. Yeah, it's changed completely. I remember the novelty of those early jobs when you'd be set like a Tabata timer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um yeah, it's amazing um how much it's evolved. Yeah, and also like being able to teach brands about how best like best practice and what works best with our audience because it is very different to traditional like old school media. So, yeah, it's been it's been fun to see it grow. Awesome. And then mental health wise, what yes. has been your personal journey with that up to this point? Yeah, so I was talking to my mum about this the other day and um, I was exposed to kind of mental health from a very young age because 
my mum has OCD. Okay. And she's been on um, Prozac, fluoxetine, for, I think, since the age, really young age. Um, so I kind of grew up with her habits and her tendencies around the house. And growing up was very much controlled by her OCD and her... Um, depression I guess and then my sister who's my younger sister she's 29 now she also has health um health anxiety and OCD so me and my dad have always kind of been the ones in the family that kind of like just a bit more chilled laid back get on with things um but in my late teens was when my kind of journey with mental health really kind of started hitting hard I have a phobia called emetophobia. This is going to be really graphic. If anyone listening to this podcast has a, the same thing, you might want to like, I don't know, hopefully hopefully they don't. But so it's a fear of uh, sick, being sick. Okay. Mine's more about other people being sick. If I feel sick, I will obviously have a, pan- like, have a panic attack and make like have all these like things in place to try and stop it happening but mine was more about other people being sick and although a phobia isn't it's not really classed as a mental health problem is it it's i i mean i, I guess so yeah it's like i guess it comes under the term of kind of irrational phobia in yeah. quote marks where it's like it's not something that's gonna ultimately be fatal or dangerous yeah. but you perceive your body reacts as if it is going to be yeah so it was very much it got to a point where it's controlling every aspect of my life um I was working in Lon- like central London at the time and I was yeah having- that's not the place to yeah no <laughs> I so I was having panic attacks every single day to yeah. and from work um and it was me just kind of focusing on people on these carriages being like, they look like they're going to be sick. Let me change carriage. They look like I would find someone on every single train carriage who looked like they were about to throw up, even though it was completely irrational. And I'd get to, I'd have to get off the train about 10 times. I'd be a mess. I'd be having panic attacks. Um, and alongside that, this was around 2013, um, I... I just, yeah, I went through a really bad phase of depression and I went to my doctors and they were amazing about it on the NHS. They put me on, um, I can't remember what came first. It was either sertraline or citalopram. Um, So I went on antidepressants at the same time as having CBT for my phobia. Gotcha. Um, But I also have this massive, like, talking about this is probably going to make me cry, but I have this massive anxiety about my parents dying and okay. it kind of controls, like, I can't, I, yeah, it really affects my sleep and just my mental health in general. If I get it into my head, then I'll go through, like, a really low phase and I really find it really difficult to get out of it. Um, so, yeah, I came off antidepressants after a while um, because I didn't like the way it was affecting, like, m- my life, I guess, and um, CBT really helped. I've still got the phobia, but it's a lot more manageable now. That's really good. Um, but I do definitely, I haven't been diagnosed, but I would say I have seasonal affective disorder because every single autumn without mm-hmm. fail, I get really, really down. And yeah, I'm awful to be around. But I just kind of, yeah, wait until it passes. It's really frustrating, but... It's, yeah, I think... Um... I mean, it's, it's a sort of time where, like, humans naturally kind of go into that hibernation mode anyway. Yeah. So whether or not 
there is a clinical disorder. I think it's like there's something slightly unnatural for everyone to be expected to kind of keep up the same level of productivity and everything else, which is, um, which is a lot of pressure. And it's a lot of pressure when your productivity is so public facing as well. I, it, it surprises me, like, every time I know it's going to happen, but I'm never, ever prepared for how bad it's going to be. And, um, yeah, I think... Oh, I should also say I went on... I had really, really bad acne growing up. For 10 years, I had the worst acne as an adult. And that really also affected my mood and my mental health. And I was put on a medicine called Roaccutane, yeah. which has, like, if you Google Roaccutane, it has the biggest, like, um, press about it being awful for mental health. Side effects. Yeah, that yeah. one of the biggest side effects. I think it's been linked to quite a few suicides, which is sh- really shocking. Um, and when I was on that medicine, I wore, I went through phases of being really low, men- like, mentally. Um but my skin was getting better, so that was kind of a pro. But then my relationship came crashing down. I was engaged, and that kind of ended when I was on Rakuten. And I think it got to, I think it was my mental health that was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, yeah, God, that was a, that was a lot of <laughs> info. That was, and was that was were you already in the public eye when that was yes. happening? Yes, so that was an added pressure as well. <laughs> wow, that's Yeah, that was really difficult. Because I'd been, like, posting about, oh, these are my wedding plans, and oh I've just got my wedding dress. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, the guy I thought I was going to get married to turns out, well, I obviously didn't say that online, but, yeah, it was very difficult, not only having to explain it to my friends and family, but then also to explain it to this online audience who I didn't really know um, and who were judging me and my actions. And, um, yeah, I think it was difficult for him as well to be... Because he was very much present in my content. So, yeah, he he probably got a lot of judgment as well. Yeah, well, that's that's great. Does that, like, does it give you kind of um, any, like, paranoia now with, you? like, how long did it take yeah. for you to start? Um, posting about your current relationship yes I kept him secret for quite a few months and I made a a point of saying I'm dating a guy but I'm not going to show him or his face and um, because he's like he's the complete opposite to my ex he's very much got a personal life and a private life and he isn't he doesn't want to be the star and the star of the show and um it was just a case of if he was accidentally in the background of my content, just running it past him being like, is this okay? And yeah. I was very like careful with that. And my audience understood it as well, which was lovely. But I say that and now he's in all my content all the time. <laughs> but like we were talking about it and if I was if if this wasn't my job, he'd be he'd be on my Instagram. So I don't yeah, see why sure. it should be any different now. Sure. No, yeah. that makes that makes sense. Um, so that's kind of a good good segue into talking a bit more about um, social media mm. from a mental health perspective in general. Um, so, like one of the things I noticed when I started following you is like you come you come across so like real and down to earth and not like overly curated mm. on Instagram, which is really refreshing. Was that something? Because you've obviously been in this game for a really long time. Yeah. So is that something that you've developed, or did you start out being like that? And what pressures have you felt to have this kind of mm. perfect? curated themed Instagram feed yeah oh I love like I love Instagram but I absolutely hate it as well (laughs) I sympathize oh it's awful the first like when when I started it and 
alongside my blog, it was very much perfect. And I felt that pressure of seeing everyone else have this perfect, amazing lifestyle and then feeling that my content had to be like that and very perfect and clean and aspirational rather than relatable. Um, And I would say it was around the time that my relationship broke down and my acne, I had to be very audience with my... um, a very honest with my audience about my acne um and it was then that I was like you know what like fuck this I'm putting my bare skin on face this is my acne this is my skin I documented that whole kind of journey and the amount of um feedback I got from that like it grew my audience tenfold and I think that was the point in which I was like right people want real relatable content. Yeah, they want to feel less alone in there. Yeah, and I don't know why I didn't start doing that earlier because I had been that person who was scrolling through Instagram looking like they had a perfect life to whoever followed me, but also feeling so shit about myself when I was scrolling myself. So um, I kind of decided I didn't want anyone to ever come to my page and feel shit about their own life. I want them to feel empowered. I want them to feel like... um, they're per- like they're great and no one's perfect and we all has a- have our flaws and we all hate things about ourselves but it's about kind of just being happy and living your best life I guess yeah that's great and I mean by doing that you must attract brands that share those values as well because I guess one of the biggest fears is like okay if I start doing this what's going to happen like to the yeah. brands that I'm relying on to pay my rent yeah for sure um that so that was more of a thing when it came to my kind of when I started delving into sex content gotcha um so uh, uh, being more relatable didn't really worry me about working with brands um because as long as I mean the acne stuff in particular was perfect because um there's loads of skincare brands that then wanted to work with me and I'm very um I'm very aware of only working with brands that I really love and really use myself and I won't accept a job unless the product really agrees with me and I love it and I would spend my money on it because I wouldn't ever want to like try and sell something to my audience that um yeah I don't agree with so but yeah the sex content that was a massive like change in my content and that was when I was like right what am I doing here and that I can imagine is um, because it is still taboo to talk yes. about female pleasure, especially, which I mean, it's fucking stupid, yeah. but it is nonetheless the case. Yeah. How, how was it to start like braving that yeah. area? Uh, well, now that we're talking about this, everything seems to stem back from that time when I was really low and broken up my relationship because from that point, yeah, something in me must've just switched. And I was like, right, I've been doing this job for like seven years um, I am a 30-year-old woman now. I don't want to be talking about makeup and nail varnish. And I'm more than that. I want to be talking about things that make me really passionate. So dating, I was single for the first time in years when I thought I was on the path to marriage. So I started talking about dating. That was kind of my first venture into that new kind of content strand. Um, and I'd go on dates and I'd get back home and a couple of months later just to make sure that 
they wouldn't look at my content anymore. <laughs> um, I'd like r just film a little video about how the date went. And that, that did amazingly well. I can and, imagine, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> again, it's relatable, right? Yeah. And there's, there's loads of like lovely single ladies out there who are all going through the same kind of struggle with online dating. Um, so I think me sharing my experiences with that really helped. Um, and then I, I've always struggled with my job in terms of where do I fit in? And I think that's uh, insecurity and a work and a, yeah, it's definitely an anxiety of mine. Um, and this kind of whole dating and sex content makes like, I think I'm one of the, so I'm managed by an agency and I think I would, I'm only one of the only people on the kind of roster that w feels open enough to talk about that. Right, yeah. Like I'd always be going to my managers and talking about sex and vaginas and periods. Why wouldn't I do that with my audience yeah, online? Sure. So I started talking about sex. I think I made a video about um, my top five sex toys and I unboxed an advent a sex toy advent calendar on my channel and I had a massive breakdown about my work around that period as well because I was like, this could really fudge up my income because are these typical lovely beauty brands that I've built my kind of whole career on, yeah. are they still going to want to work with me now that I'm talking about sex? And I hoped that they would because... Um, sex is nothing to be ashamed about no. and female empowerment and it should be it shouldn't be a taboo um but luckily it's been it's been a year now since I've do, been doing sex content and yeah so far so good yeah your audience seemed to be really appreciating yeah you putting that stuff out as well yeah because no one talks about it I have an amazing stat which is my first two sex toy videos um, I sold £10,000 worth of dildos because no one else is talking about it. That's pretty awesome. Isn't that insane? And I was just like, right, this this proves to me that my audience are loving it and it's a gap. Like, yeah. there needs to be more people talking about I think people are literally this. relieved to see people talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Saying that, every now and again, when I do post some content like that, I will get negativity. Yeah. And I, I did a job with Anne Summers last week and I noticed my follower numbers on Instagram dropped down. And I was like, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just making content that I'm happy and passionate about. So that's all that matters, I guess. Yeah. No, I think that's I think it's really important. And it's um, it's important for your content to evolve with your yeah. personal evolution as well. Like to yeah. continue um, like keeping authentic content that you're yeah. passionate about. And your audience is going to evolve with that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, which, you know, it sort of filters out, I guess, people that you don't really want to need in your in your bubble yeah for sure um so that kind of I was I wanted to ask um how much you have to deal with trolling mm. and how you do deal with it oh my god <laughs> do you get do you get trolled not too much because I um generally like don't have to be just my own face Front too face much like I have yeah. the brand as this kind of buffer mm. so when I was um doing fitness blogging back in mm. the day which is around probably around the same time that you started like around two um 2009 2010 mm. um I definitely experienced more then because I was more front facing yeah um but it was also before like trolling and call out culture and everything yeah. else really got bad so yeah I don't I don't have to deal with it much 
unfortunately. That's but, and like it, the concept of it scares the shit out of me because if I, I don't think I would be able to deal with it. No, well, I never thought I would either, but somehow I do. So I like I don't my my troll the trolling I receive isn't awful. It's not like people tracking down my home address and like trying to send um letters to the ASA about the work I'm doing which some of my peers that has happened to but it is awful and so basically that I don't really want to talk about it because I don't want to draw attention to it but at the same time I think it's important to talk about how it makes me feel um there's a website out there that just trashes um youtubers and instagrammers and it is vile. The yeah, stuff that I they write on there. Want. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like... I remember when I first realised that I had a thread on there that people were bitching about me on. I was like, away, I've made it. Like, this is great. People, like, people care so much that they want to slag me off. But now it's got to a point where it's like, the messages really upset me. Um, and even though I've got loads of really positive ones yeah. on my... You like YouTube and Instagram, you don't listen no, it's to the, those. There's the nasty stuff that sticks with you. Yeah, and it's ridiculous as well. Like I remember there was this one that actually made me like burst out crying, and it was so stupid. It was like it was when I first started dating Jeff, my partner, and someone was like, "Jeff's like a, a fine red wine, and Katie's like a shot of sambuca," <laughs> and it's the Fuck. most ridiculous comment ever. But I, but it really hit a nerve with me because. He was the first person that I really liked since yeah. I'd been dating. And and I felt that about myself at the time anyway. Like, not obviously, I didn't think I was a sure Sambuca, but I felt that I didn't deserve him because he was, like, he's so great. Oh, maybe we can see that comment. So, yeah, you have some asshole like, without thinking, like, reinforcing yeah. your worst feelings about yourself. Yeah, and they um, probably didn't even, like, they probably just wrote it in... Like they get a few laughs or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. but the the stuff that they write on there is awful. So I don't read it anymore, but I know that my mum does. Oh no! And every now and again, she'll be like, "Did you see what they said?" And I'll be like, "Stop!" (laughs) Like the fact that she is reading it makes me want to read it to see what she knows what they're saying. Oh yeah, that's difficult. It's difficult to detach from it if you've got it like yeah (laughs) that close to home. Yeah, but um, how do I deal with it? I Now I... If something I see really upsets me, I normally just send it to a group of mates and then they can take the piss out of it and then that reinforces in me that it's a laugh. It's bullshit, yeah. And I can't take it very seriously. Or I tell my partner and he'll talk me... Like, help talk me through it as well as having a go at me for looking in the first place. Um, And with the whole sex content as well, like... The messages from men are... Yeah, I mean, that's going to bring out the worst of the, like, incel crowd. (laughs) The messages are awful. I haven't had any dick pics yet, which is surprising. (laughs) I wouldn't mind... This 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 isn't a shout-out for dick pics, but... Um, Yeah, surprisingly, that hasn't happened, but... Yeah... I don't know. It's it's kind of just trying to focus more on the positives than all the negatives, which is easier said than done. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a work in progress for sure. Dealing with those messages. It's yeah. It sounds like you you powering through pretty well. Yeah, and then like when it, when I do show them to people, they'll be like, "Oh, you're so strong! Like you you are 
you're really strong for being able to deal with these because Jeff said in the past, like, if someone said this about me, I'd be really, like, it would really affect me. And I'm like, I shrug it off sometimes. So I think I need to give myself more credit for yeah. being able to handle that kind of stuff because I've also been a really, like, for my whole life, I've been a super sensitive person and anything anyone says, any kind of confrontation will make me really upset and really worry and... um yeah, I need to give myself more credit, basically. That's, yeah, definite, definitely, mm. definitely. The fact it's not kind of changing the content that you put out, yeah. like, that's like mm. that's all you can ask for. That's awesome. Mm. Um, so the, the other question on the social media topic I wanted to ask you is that obviously, like, we all know that social media can be a big source of anxiety and, like, yeah. compulsive scrolling and comparison mm. and FOMO and so on. And we're both in careers that require us to spend a lot of time online so how do you deal with that given that you can't really just go and like detox from it for two weeks yeah that's difficult I'm definitely one of those people that finds myself scrolling and scrolling and also having really negative thoughts about myself because of what I'm seeing online um which is why I didn't want people to feel like that when they came to my platforms um I yeah it's really difficult I would love like even taking a holiday I I feel like I can't really take a holiday because the holiday is the content the holiday is the content and also if I go on holiday and don't post will people forget about me like I'm sure that wouldn't happen like brands basically um so yeah wait yeah and then like the industry does make you feel like like to be relevant you have to be there like all all the time Um, I, I don't really have anything in practice. That's, it's definitely something I need to work on. Um, I know that in the past it's got in between relationships in terms of us going out and me being like, oh, can you take a picture? And I know that that's definitely worn people down in the past. Even my mum, she's like, oh, (laughs) do I really have to take another outfit picture of you? Um, so I think, yeah, it's just drawing a line between, um, it's just all about balance, isn't it? Yeah, which is a kind of mythical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's... But yeah, trying to find what like the the best version of balance that you can for yourself without compromising your career. I guess that's like what we're all trying to. Yeah, I think our whole generation are trying to figure out. Yeah, I'd hate to be growing up and a teenager. I just now. can't imagine being in school with smartphones. No. It's like the horror. <laughs> Yeah, it was bad enough with the, like, MySpace. Yeah, exactly. AOL. Now it must be, yeah, really, really difficult. I kind of just want to say, though, that if people out there listening do scroll and feel shit about themselves, please, like, w- please know that even those people you're looking at probably feel the same. Yeah, 100%. And that if we all make little changes to what we post and make ourselves more relatable online then I think it'd be so good for everyone's mental health yeah 100% Um, because I've spoken to like friends who do the same job as me and I'm like oh you're like I'll I'll express how I how awful kind of content makes me feel and they're like exactly the same so yeah let's all try and kind of pledge to keep it a bit more real and a bit more relatable and showed the ups as well as the downs yeah and I think overall everyone would benefit from that no uh, absolutely I think as well it's like it's there's such a sense of competition but actually like there's Mm. so much there's so much audience that we have access now there's so much space for 
everyone to be able to have their kind of piece of the pie. Mm. So it's, I feel like social media kind of pits everyone against each other. Which yeah. Is when it's so unnecessary because social media has created this massive audience, which gives like everybody their space. Yeah. If they can kind of lean into what they're passionate about, which obviously you've been doing with your yeah, content. Yeah, for sure. Um, I might like my real candid content does so much better than the polished like hired photographer stuff so I think that just goes to show that yeah I think it's just just a relief for everyone when they when they see something that yeah that is relatable Mm. um yeah and it's hope I mean I think things are getting a bit a bit better but then like Mm. even authenticity is getting curated so it's just just oh yeah (laughs) yeah um but I would yeah I would like to think that we're like gradually things are a lot better than they were say like three or four years ago yeah I think so um in terms of what content people are putting out so yeah I hope it just continues moving on that trajectory Mm -hmm. um so you obviously talk a lot about body confidence and body acceptance through your content and you've spoken about having major spinal surgery Mm. at a very young age so I wanted to talk about how that's impacted your own body confidence at that time when you were in your really like formative years and subsequently that's such an interesting question because it's never something that I've taken into account like the only times so I had a major spine surgery because of scoliosis when I was 12 um it's because I was born with a curve of the spine that gradually just kept getting worse and worse and worse um, and we only realized it when I was 11 and then by the time I turned 12 it was like progressing l- progressing really drastically um so if I hadn't have had that surgery now I would be for sure a hunchback and I'd probably be even shorter than I am now um, but at the time I just kind of took it on the chin I had the surgery, so I've got really big scars down my back, and I had to wear a back brace for six months, I think, which, uh, yeah, as a 12-year-old girl, I mean, I went to an all-girls school, so at the time, boys weren't a massive focus, yeah. so it didn't affect my kind of body confidence that much, um, but it did definitely when I started dating, and then the first time I got naked with someone, I'd be like, I'd just make a joke of it, like, ah, oh, did I tell about the time I got eaten by a shark in Australia, <laughs> rather than like oh yeah, I've got bolts in my back for the rest of my life. Um, So I think by taking, like making a joke out of it kind of makes, it's my way of dealing with it. Um, But I definitely have body confidence issues now with my height. Like it's something I really, really struggle with. Um, That was a troll message I got a couple of weeks ago. It was like, oh, you're so short, you're so short. Look at you next, next to your boyfriend. You look like a child. And I was just like, don't judge people on the internet before you, like, everyone's going... why? Yeah. (laughs) Like, firstly, the comment doesn't make sense. It's really stupid. Who gives a damn? Also, you don't know what anyone else is going through. There might be stuff going on in someone's life that, yeah, you're really damaging. So just be a bit nicer to everyone on the internet. But um, that's my only body confidence insecurity, and I'm trying to work with it. But by me sharing kind of my insecurity about my height online, I think definitely helps others feel a little bit more. And I imagine it's therapeutic for you as well. Mm. Yeah. And I, you know what? I love the fact I've got bolts in my back. I think 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 it's pretty badass. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like metal. I remember when I had the uh, operation, the doctors were like, you're 
you're more sh- like your back is stronger than the most like the average human you could fall off a horse and you'd be absolutely fine so i t- I, li- I took that bionic literally <laughs> yeah uh, yeah bionic woman now i do like trapeze and stuff because i kind of just want to like do a, a thumbs up what do you call that <laughs> middle finger up middle to, finger up yeah to the fact that i'm not going to let this get in the way of me like yeah what i want to do yeah, yeah, I I love um, all the trapeze content you post oh, as well. When did you. you start getting into that? That was, I think, five years ago now. So just once a week doing a little bit of trapeze. And I'm one of those people that hates exercise. I hate the gym. Um, and so it was important for me to find something that moved my body, but yeah. I also really enjoyed. And that has really ticked it off. If anyone is after a form of fitness that, yeah to try it doesn't feel like yeah and you see yourself improving and you see yourself getting stronger every week and it is the best feeling so and it's fun and I've made some really good mates like anyone that does circus stuff has to be a little bit weird and a little bit quirky (laughs) so yeah yeah. I can imagine it's a great like um bonding kind of camaraderie experience also like you're trusting people with you know (laughs) your life to a point depending on how high you're trapezing so Mm. it's yeah um but yeah it's pretty pretty awesome it's very fun um so we've already like spoken about this quite a bit but is there anything else that you want to say on like where within the social media world is there room for like evolution and change to help Hmm. people with mental health hmm yeah I guess just us all being a bit more down to earth and being a bit more open with each other and um, I think things are definitely changing and it's exciting to see where it's all going and even if I think about how much it's changed in the past like two or three years then like that's been incredible so I think it's only going to get better hopefully yeah. Um, but yeah kids yeah I feel very sad for all those teenagers on there who are looking at people doing what I do and oh yeah yeah. It's very difficult. Yeah. It's a bit shit. <laughs> no, that's, that's, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I think, I think with that generation, though, because that is how they've grown up, they're probably much better equipped than mm. millennials to figure out how to deal with it. Mm. Whereas, um, like, we still have, we experienced it happening and the change from, like, analogue into that digital world. So it's like, we're not as well equipped with the tools yeah that's whereas so they true. probably are um so it'll be interesting to see like when when these kids are sort of in their like later 20s and 30s yeah um how like their perspective yeah. on it compared to compared to ours yeah I feel I feel like there's some really great things like this whole TikTok thing that's getting massive yeah I think that's quite exciting because it's allowing young people to get really creative yeah, in a way and that it's we about couldn't. like having a laugh and making a dick of yeah, yourself yeah and having great. A du- learning a dance routine and yeah. I, I think that's really exciting yeah I, likewise it's funny we've been talking about this quite a lot Have recently you? between ourselves but yeah I just love that because obviously with um with us millennials like it was it has all been about like okay how do we have our like picture perfect life online whereas tiktok is literally the opposite Mm. um and it's it's much more of a community activity rather than a sort of like 
personal brand activity. Yeah. Which I think is like re- a really healthy way to be using the internet to connect with people. Yeah, it's really exciting. I li- I could scroll on TikTok for hours. Yeah, even and it's a joy. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm not the age like bracket, I don't think, but I'm loving it. The only thing that does worry me is the amount of very young girls on there. Yeah. Putting up pictures of their face and maybe in their school uniforms and maybe a bit too provocatively, that worries me. And that with social media, I mean, I don't have kids, but I, yeah, I'd be petrified to have one um, just with the whole sexting. And I mean, that's yeah. a whole nother topic of conversation, I think. But yeah, it worries me a lot. But yeah, it's, it's true. But I guess on the flip side, you become more streetwise at a younger age as well, yeah. given what you know mm. through the internet. Um, but yeah, sure, it's... Uh... <laughs> Oh dear. It, it all has it all has its like shadow side doesn't it yeah <laughs> everything but the kids that have social media and using it to like be very vocal about their passions and like climate change and all of this stuff like they're getting really yeah. involved these are the guys that are going to change the world oh yeah and i'm i'm here for I'm it so ready for it yeah <laughs> Oh, and that kind of leads us perfectly into the final question that we ask everyone. What does your protest sign say? This is so difficult. I know. That's why we ask it. There's so <laughs> many. I was like thinking about this last night. I was like, right, do I want to talk about like periods or sex education or yeah, climate change? There's so many. I do remember seeing one um, from like a period movement, which was uh, I can do anything you can do bleeding, which I love. That's great. I think yeah. that's really empowering. <laughs> um, and yeah, sex, stay safe having sex. And um, oh, I saw another one. I, is it bad that I'm just copying all these other people's that's fine. signs? That's fine. I saw another one which was like, I want a hot date, not a hot planet. And I was like, yes, that's that's, perfect. that's a nice brilliant. like combination yeah. of um, sex positivity and, and climate, climate change, change activism. So yeah, yeah. oh good. <laughs> good. good. I can't take credit for it, but I get oh with it. Awesome. Um, so where can the listeners find you? Ah, um, I guess over on Instagram. It's at Kate Snooks, and my YouTube channel is Snooksy. Yeah, and I've got a blog where I review date recommendations in London. If you ever want to go on a hot date so yeah or even if you just want to get a really good brunch for yourself because yeah. I've seen some of this content and like oh. review some really great places <laughs> we should go we'll go on yeah, a definitely. double date definitely oh awesome well we'll make sure that all those links are in the show notes as cool. well and so lovely to chat to thanks you thanks so much for having me